So, ladies and gentlemen, I have officially left London, left the UK, and moved to a brand new country. You say that uh, money cannot buy happiness? Hey, hey! Habibi, come to Dubai! Grab some popcorn, this is gonna be an interesting one. Now, this wasn't a decision that I took lightly, so in today's video I'm gonna explain why I made this decision, what pushed me over the edge, why I decided to move to where I am right now, which is Dubai, what I did with my companies, and whether, you know, I've been in Dubai for two weeks now, whether I regret my decision. So up until approximately 14 months ago, you know, summer of last year in London. Up until that point, to me, London uh, was the greatest city on earth. And I guess in many ways, uh, I still think it is the greatest city on earth. And the reason that this whole situation started, you know, I think a lot of you guys know my opinions. I've been very vocal about it for over a year now, uh, about everything that's going on in the world. And, and you know, I respect your viewpoint and uh, how you view things. But for me personally, I was starting to get very fed up and sick of how uh, tyrannical the UK was. And this is coming from a person that um, traveled whenever he wanted, right? Um, no matter what restrictions were, uh, I broke every single one of them, uh, never followed a rule. Ooh, wow. And um, I never will follow one of these rules. Um, so even with all that being said, I, I say this sometimes, you know, I'm still uh, learning a lot about star signs, but, uh, uh, I do genuinely feel as though maybe some, some of it has to do with the fact that I'm a Capricorn. I'm very stubborn when it comes to... Hi there. Is there a project you're working on? I know more than you. Um, my morals, my beliefs, if I know something is wrong, I'm very stubborn about it. Um, and what started to happen is last year from around uh, August to uh, January, I, I just started to really resent the UK and what the UK was doing. And, um, you know, it wasn't special to UK. You would look at the rest of the world uh, and, or most places in the world, and they were also very tyrannical with, um, uh, I forget what I can say specifically on YouTube, uh, but very tyrannical with lockdowns, with uh, the way they went about everything. Um, and I think there were a couple things that really pushed me over the edge with the UK. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, my mom and I, like, I am the biggest, UK fanboy ever. Like, I'm the biggest fan of England, um, I'm the biggest fan of London as a city, uh, and I will defend it to my death. <laughs> um, my story is I moved to, uh, you know, for those of you guys that don't know, is I moved to London when I was four years old uh, from a place in Russia uh, called Dagestan, right? And I went from having nine black and white channels to 999 color channels, um, and it was just like, it was, at the time, it, you know, it felt like a fairy tale. Obviously, for those of you guys that know a little bit more about my story, a single mom had a lot of uh, a lot of not so fun stuff happen, uh, you know, growing up, and had a lot of trials and tribulations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyways, I've always been the biggest fan of uh, the UK, and I've always been so defensive of England um, and London and the government um, because first, you know, first things first, when uh, things got tough with me and my mom between 2014 to 2016. Uh, we were on government benefits at some point, which for those guys that don't know what that means, that's basically the equivalent of, I think, welfare in the uh, in the U.S. So I benefited directly from taxpayer money. Number one, that. Number two, I've always been extremely defensive of the NHS, which is the U.K.'s public health care service, uh, because my mom, you know, I I've, think I've been to the hospital once in my entire life, um, or at least like as in, as in like an emergency. And I was, uh, when I was 14, uh, I uh, dislocated my shoulder and tore my hip flexor uh, at the same time 
like literally within the same two seconds. Um, I did score a goal though, <laughs> and then fell on my side after a tackle. Um, uh, football or soccer, as some of you guys know, but it's football. Anyways, my point is, um, you know, uh, I never really benefited from NHS services, this, that, you know, um, been very lucky to also been very healthy growing up, et cetera, et cetera. But my mom actually was the receptionist at the Chelsea Westminster Hospital. You know, minimum wage working, um, uh, you know, for the NHS. And I think just like between the fact that like, I knew I was directly benefiting from taxpayer money. Um, and just like this, like, I don't know, just everything in the UK just all, to me has always seemed like it's just done right. You know, uh, even when you go to the airport and you scan your little e-gate, you know, your e-passports. And like, if you look at like Heathrow and you compare that to some of the other airports I've been to, like, I've just always been in so in awe of the UK. And, you know, I don't feel Russian at all, even though my mom and my biological father are both, you know, from Russia. And I also don't feel British, even though I, I lived there for 17 years. Um, you know, I had a passport, you know, I had a British passport now for almost a decade. Um, I said, we lived there for 17 years. I've always been super protective over the UK. But when I started seeing where some of the taxpayer money went, now, I am a very, very heavy taxpayer at this point. Uh, obviously being in the UK, you know, you do smart things like keep, you know, try to keep more money in the company. And, you know, obviously, you know, you get a tax advisor and you, you use, uh, you know, whatever it says states in the tax laws, use that to your advantage, right? Um, so obviously you try to get your tax bill as low as possible, but nonetheless, you know, it's still a very uh, sizable UK taxpayer. So me personally, right, I am the one who is, you know, me and, you know, everyone else uh, who is a taxpayer as well, uh, but also don't, uh, don't get it twisted, right? Uh, you know, they always try to make, and by the way, this is someone coming from, like, I come from, you know, no money, right? So this is coming from someone who, you know, grew up with no money. They always try to make it seem that, uh, you know, top 1% are greedy and rich and this and that. Um, I don't know the official statistics, so please don't hold me to this, but uh, from what I can remember, the top 1% pay something like 50% of all tax revenue, the top 1%, right? Um, so as many of these things, you know, as tax efficient as, as you can try to be, you know, uh, the people uh, who make, you know, a substantial amount of money, and obviously I fall in that 1% uh, bracket, uh, I guess at this stage of my life, I've probably fallen to 0.01% or maybe even 0.001% with the way things went this year. Anyways, I digress. My point is I was paying a lot of taxes and my taxes were going towards things like 300 million in funding for, and I don't really know how I'm meant to say this, the, um, I don't know how I'm meant to, meant to say this without the, uh, getting flagged. Uh, maybe, uh, Maybe Tristan, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say it, and then you're just gonna bleep my mouth out and just put the little uh, beer that uh, I'm talking about. So, 300 million was assigned to uh, advertising, um, AKA propaganda. Now, my mom was the youngest of seven growing up in the Soviet Union. Um, you know, she would stand in line for bread, trying to get, you know, in cold, harsh winter uh, to get her rations for the family. Um, and, the cool thing about that is my mom sees through all the shit and so, you know, so do I, even though I didn't grow up in that. I think people who have actually lived under communism are a little bit smarter and more attuned to what's going on and they understand propaganda, government propaganda, a little bit more than uh, other people who grew up with uh, liberties uh, that I, for example, grew up with. Um, and it's so obvious what's going on. Like it's, to me, it's, I, I still can't believe people, there's another side to this. Like it's been 18 months and, and I'm just, I'm shocked. You know, I look at places like uh, Australia 
you know, they get one new uh, case and they shut down the entire country, or sorry, they shut down the entire city. And you've got drones in the sky to see if people left their house and for one case of a 85 year old, you know, and the, you know, I really don't want to get into this here, um, but it's insanity. Like it's actually insanity. Um, and I still can't believe after 18 months, <laughs> a lot of people still aren't awake. But anyways, I really started to resent the UK between August of 2020 and January of 2021. Even though, you know, actually in that period, I, I stayed in the UK. But uh, January of 2021, I was actually in uh, Cape Town. I flew two days after they went. If you leave, literally, this is, you know, these are the headlines. If you leave your city, you'll be arrested. I was on a flight that next day. Or actually, two days later. So there we go. Uh, arrest me. Hey, champ. One has two thumbs and doesn't give a crap. I'm in Gatsy. Have fun. Anyways, uh, I, I really wish people actually stood up for themselves and realized that if you don't stand up for your liberties, you are the problem. Uh, and I think this has been the very uh, upsetting thing for me is I would look at the UK and I'm like, how are you guys all? And as I said, I've, I've mentioned this many times before. I'm this. I'm someone who benefits. You know, I've made this year pre-tax. I'll do close to 10 million, and it's like I can't even believe I'm saying that because obviously, you know. Uh, you know, in a regular year, I make a couple million, a few million, that, that's a good year. But um, reason all of that excess um, is because right now all of the savers are getting um, just hammered. You know, if you're a saver or earned income, uh, you're getting hammered, right? You need to have uh, a business and you need to invest. And those are two things that I've done very, very well. But anyways, I digress. My point is, I look at all these people uh, uh, having all their liberties stripped and I'm just like, how? How are you letting this happen? Um, so I got started to get very, very disillusioned with the UK and the next logical thing that I thought was gonna happen would be uh, passports. Um, and I will get Tristan to bleep out the thing and put the symbol, that passport, so passports. Um, you know, to enter gym, restaurant, this, that, to just have your simple liberties, like just to be a human. And in January, I was like, I know this is coming. And by the way, I knew it was coming and people call me a crazy conspiracy. Okay, awesome. Look at Israel. Look at France. Look at Italy. Look at these places. It's happened. And I was convinced it was going to be, you know, going to happen in the UK. And that was the process in which, and also while this is going on, I'm in Cape Town and I'm just like, Cape Town is my favorite place on earth. Like literally, like there's no place on earth that I feel just more at ease. I think it's very like outside of like the craziness of London and Dubai and you know some of the LA and these other places. I'm like, I just feel very happy and productive uh, and just very at peace there. Um, so anyways, I was in Cape Town. I was like, I just started going to, I just think about, started thinking about how much I was resenting the UK. And then just, I was like, I only spend half the year, any like even in any given year, like even in 2018, 2019, I only spend like six months a year in, in London anyways. So I was like, you know, why am I paying so much in taxes? first of all, to a country that is pissing it away. And and by the way, look, I mean, look, even as a taxpayer, right, I'm still fully understanding and in, even in 2019, I was still fully understanding that although as a taxpayer, I'm still, they're still pissing my money away. I, I knew that, right? I knew they're pissing my money away. I'm, I'm, I don't support any of the wars because um, once again, a much larger topic, but the point is I don't support any of the wars. I don't you know, I, I wasn't particularly pleased about the fact that a lot of my money was going towards, um, you know, uh, trying to bring peace to certain countries that, that really did need the peace. Um, so anyways, I'm starting to go through all these thoughts of like, okay, first of all, I'm paying so much in taxes. 
second, they're pissing it away even more egregiously than they had been before. And then the last thing I was thinking is just like, man, London's, and here's the thing, I'm never in London in the winter anyways. I always leave because it's just like, London's kind of like Milan or Paris or like New York. Like you just don't want to be in the, in the winter. It's not a happy place, right? None of these places are. Um, so I leave anyways. I'm out of London six months a year anyways, right? So I was like, look, if I'm doing all this stuff, then maybe I should just move. And the first place I actually wanted to move to was Cape Town. Only issue is if I'm going to reroute my entire life, I want to get paid for it and I want to get compensated for it. So, you know, with that in mind, basically, I was like, okay, if I'm going to move somewhere, I actually want to restructure things to be more tax efficient. Um, and that's when I started to get the, the ball rolling, um, you know, went out there, looked for a bunch of very good tax advisors. I ended up getting a very good uh, tax advisor, specifically with online entrepreneurs, seven, eight, nine uh, figure online entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, they do kind of like a, a general uh, sort of plan for me. So as we are starting to map out this plan, um, there's a couple of sort of at tax residency countries, as in like the place where I will be a tax resident and spend, you know, six months a year. Um, or, uh, you know, in terms of cities, we got Dubai. Um, in Italy, they do a thing with expats, and I think it only runs, they only do it for 10 or 12 years. Like I didn't dig too much into it, but I knew for a fact it was an option. So they do a, a flat 100K a year uh, tax scheme. So it doesn't matter if you make 300K that year or in my case, 10 million that year, um, you are just gonna play a flat uh, 100K. Now I'm not, as that I need to look into uh, what the discrepancy are with capital gains and uh, compared to earned income, but point is, that was a very, very attractive option. I was like, okay, when I heard that, I was like, okay, awesome, I'm moving to Italy. Like, like I am like, Italy is so well suited for me. You know, although I am new money, uh, I act, in certain ways I act kind of old money and I'm just, a, I'm a bit of a grandpa uh, sometimes, but anyways. Um, I was like, amazing, I'm moving to Italy. But then I thought about it, I was like, okay, Italy, I have to be there six months a year, and there's no chance in hell I'm gonna be there in the winter because it's almost as depressing as London, or it's just as depressing, you know, if you're in uh, uh, Milan, for example. So with that in mind, I was like, I have to be there, that would mean I have to be there through the duration of summer. Now, I don't wanna be chained to Italy, you know, for the duration of summer. So I was like, actually, you know what, maybe that's not a solid option. And then the other ones I was looking at were Portugal, uh, Switzerland, um, you know, and uh, I'll be honest, most countries you can kind of negotiate your tax rate, um, especially kind of in Eastern Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my tax advisor are very, very good, very, very, very expensive, uh, but very good connections all over the world. And then, you know, there's places like, um, I don't know, uh, I think uh, Mauritius was one of them. And, and, you know, just sort of like quieter uh, life, but I'm, I'm not at that stage right now. So Dubai just seemed like the easiest, uh, quickest move. And I was like, look, you know, Dubai, the best time of the year to go to Dubai is in the winter. Uh, you know, you really don't want to be in Dubai in the summer. So the best time to go to Dubai is October, uh, November, December, Jan, Feb, March. Okay, six months a year. And it's great weather here, like amazing. And that means that I can be here six months a year. And for the rest of six months, I can enjoy European summer. So I have Dubai winter, but it's like the most ideal sort of summer. Uh, and then I get to have European summer. I was like, okay, you know, actually this could really, really work. And then I thought about it as well. And I was like, okay, you know, if I went to uh, Italy, of course, yes, there's some places along the coast, um, but it's, you know, Dubai, like you've got pretty much everything here, you know, where you can see me right now, you know, in my new apartment, I'll do an apartment tour. I'm in a three bed plus made corner unit. I have wraparound views. I've drawn the curtains here and stuff like that, but I have wraparound views on my 
Uh, this is actually sat in my master bedroom. Um, you can see over there, that's Dubai Eye. Um, you know, I've got the beach, my uh, private beach that's only available to people who are stay at this uh, residence. Uh, and uh, basically the way it works is I'm service apartments, which means I get to make this apartment my own, put in my own uh, furniture in certain places, or uh, put in my own desk, or lights, this, that. Um, but then on the flip side, I have, I'm basically have the same amenities of someone who stays here uh, at the hotel. Um, so it's very, very nice, but as I said, I'll get into that in a separate video. Anyways, so ended up deciding on Dubai. Now, a little bit about my first impressions of Dubai. Um, it's a place where I think a lot of people will get swallowed up. Um, I think if you're not making at least, at least half a million dollars, I think maybe even more uh, close to a million dollars a year, I think don't move here. Um, I think any of the uh, tax savings that you would have um, would just get eaten up by the cost here. Uh, in terms of housing, I don't think this is necessarily, you know, I come from London, right? So like uh, London and I always live in Knightsbridge, Chelsea, the most expensive areas. Like I, I'm used to egregious house, uh, you know, uh, housing prices, but here, um, you know, food is very, very expensive. I've noticed um, and just a lot of other stuff. Like I, the costs really, uh, you know, add up here as well. There's so much to do. So Dubai is a place where obviously, you know, you come and you save a lot of money. And I, it's funny, I've had people and they're like, so what do you actually pay tax here? And I'm like, zero. And like most people don't really can't get this through their head. There's zero corporation tax, there's zero personal income, and there's zero capital gains. I pay zero. I, I will never pay a penny in tax. There is a 5% VAT, but I don't do any business here, so that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, whatever, all my businesses are online, so that doesn't really apply to me. Anyways, so obviously Dubai is great because the tax where I live personally, I think I would go insane if I was in downtown, uh, even though I was with, uh, funny enough, I've, I spoke to a lot of people who have lived here for uh, you know a decade, five years. I was very, with a very, very big, uh, very successful real estate guy last night um, uh, who's been here for 10 years. You know, He owns a, a real estate agency and he's like, you man, trust me, one year and you'll be in downtown. But for where I'm right now, like for me, you know, coming from London as well, I want some greenery, I want this, that. So at least having like the beach literally on my doorstep and like having this beautiful view and like, you know, just having this here, like for me is, um, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, other things about Dubai, safety. It is so incredibly safe here. And you know, in all fairness in London, I still actually felt super safe. I never had any sort of sketchy experiences or anything like that. Um, but Dubai, it's literally one of the safest cities on earth, it's, it's insane. Now in terms of sort of my yearly schedule and what I'll be doing uh, in Dubai, I will be in Dubai six months of the year, uh, and then I'll probably be in, uh, so Dubai six months a year, London three months a year, um, so probably between uh, April to like August-ish, and then I'll be, when I'm in London, you know, I'll be uh, leaving to, uh, you know, Saint-Tropez, uh, Mykonos, you know, you know, you're very not so original, uh, <laughs> old white European summers. You know, a lot of my friends, obviously they go there, um, you know, summer in Europe is very, very fun. Um, I'll be doing that and then probably spending two, three months a year in Cape Town or, uh, you know, I want to travel, I want to go to Kiev for a bit, uh, I want to spend some time in Buenos Aires, uh, Medellin, etc, uh, etc. Et but Dubai will be my base for six months. Now a little bit more about kind of my overall uh, strategy and, and what we've done. So I have a UAE holding company and that actually owns three American LLCs for three different businesses as well as uh, will be owning a UK uh, limited company. At the moment, as I said, as of 29th of August, I'm officially a uh, tax resident here and we're doing a split tax year. So anything from 5th of April, 2021, which is the uh, new tax year, all the way to 29th of August, anything in that period uh, in terms of my personal income or capital gains, well actually capital gains, no, because uh, one of the beautiful things about UK is um, there was no exit tax. So uh, when I left the UK, 
uh, all my crypto and you know the millions and millions and millions I've made in crypto this year uh, because I didn't sell it <laughs> I haven't sold it yet uh, I didn't realize those profits so uh, yeah very lucky there <laughs> uh, but so pretty much just my um, uh, dividends that I've distributed to myself my uh, you know salary actually I don't even have a salary for my company um, so all, all the dividends that I distributed those will get taxed in the UK anything from 29th August onwards uh, so let's say you know today from my company I withdraw half a million uh, to myself I don't pay a single penny in tax on that <laughs> except for the 19% corporation tax so with my UK company I'll be running that for uh, a few more months and then I'll be uh, shutting that down moving everything over to the American LLCs, which are just a flow-through entity to my UAE holding company. So let's say, whatever, I make uh, $3 million that year from the business profit. Well, because it's an LLC, it just gets flown, uh, you know, it just gets, it, because it's not an S-corp or C-corp or this, that, it doesn't, there's no corporation tax on that. It just flows up through to the UAE holding company. So that $3 million profit from the businesses, let's say, float up all the way to the UAE holding company. And then once it's in the UAE holding company, there's no tax there. There's no corporation tax. And then I can just take that out as dividends. Um, and there we go. Fully 0% tax. I, yeah, I don't, I never have to pay tax ever again, uh, including VAT. VAT was the one I probably hated the most in the UK. Um, so anyways, that's that. Apart from that, I got my Mexican residency. So I have a visa in Mexico. I am looking to uh, buy a property out there probably towards the end of the year um so there's that um i got a portuguese bank account because they're not very crypto friendly in dubai here um so yeah that's uh where i distribute uh, any uh, profits when i cash out um you know in back into fiat uh, if i want to do that um so yeah that's pretty much that uh, what else is there to mention um again my russian passport again uh obviously they said i have a russian passport uh, and then i want to get probably one more passport but anyways and my tax advisors and uh, tax advisors and kind of like residency planning it's, it's all one firm uh, they're very very good and as i said although this was actually a moral and ethical decision that's why i left the uk it wasn't because taxes because i said there's a lot that you can do to get your tax bill down and i mean obviously you're always going to pay the tax um, and it's also going to be quite uh, a hench, but also another big thing is uh, because I've earned, you know, my entire crypto portfolio is in my personal name. So because I've gone to quite a large amount with my investment portfolio, basically eight figures, what you can do is you can just take a loan out against your assets. Uh, and then if you're, you know, as long as the assets appreciate more than loan, which you know, they will do, then that's basically how most people live tax free in places like the US, UK, and there's some other strategies and stuff like that. But that's like a, just a very easy one where that means you basically never need to pay tax ever again. So it wasn't really so much a tax decision as to why I moved to UK or, or moved to UAE. Uh, it said more, you know, more so is the, the moral and ethical decision. But I will say I do, and I started to think about um, my children, you know, and I started to think about, um, you know, kind of like my estate, my future estate and what I'll leave to this world. And funny enough, my children won't get anything. Uh, my children will come into this world with nothing just like I did, and they won't be handed anything just like I did. Um, at least that's, that's the way that I want to go about things. But I still need to think about, you know, kind of the cost benefit of being in the UK. And, you know, let's say, whatever, let's say I'm, I'm not having an insane year like I am this year. Uh, let's say the businesses do 3 million, right? By the time that if I wanted to take that and flow that through and have personal, like personal, personal income at the end of that, uh, I'd be giving away, a mil, uh, you know, 1.5 million uh, per year in tax. In is that tax money that I owe. So for 1.5 million, I can build 10, 10 schools, as I said, depending on the size of the project, uh, anywhere from, anywhere between probably like eight to 15 schools. Yeah, eight to 15 schools 
in Nepal. As many of you guys know, uh, I use a large portion of my profits from the education company, and I use that to build schools in Nepal. In the last two years, I've built and financed, paid for four schools. And my goal is a thousand schools by the time that I die. Anyways, so I think about that and I'm like, just that tax saving alone gets me so much closer to my goal of a thousand schools by the time I die. Um, I think about the fact that, as you know, some of you guys know, I have a software company, Agency Flow. It's not open to the public yet, so don't ask. Um, you know, there's an access code. When you are allowed into it, um, you'll know. But for now, as I said, it's uh, not available, but I have, I genuinely have full conviction that company will sell for tens, 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 hundreds of millions. Honestly, I really do. Um, and I said, this is a person who like, I'm not, I never really inflate numbers or anything like that. You know, even my net worth, like I've said very openly and honestly in the past, like my net worth isn't what, for example, Google says, which is 25 million or like, you know, people, or like, let's say for example, like people will take the, like, the revenue of their company and like, I know my three businesses that I have outside of the software company, I can't sell them, right? I can't sell them, they're cash flow businesses uh, or they fill different uh, purposes. Um, whereas my, this software company can 100% be sold. And as I said, you know, let's say I end up selling it for 100 million, 200 million um, in four or five years from now, which as I said, I'm, is the goal. Um, or is the goal to get it to a point where we could do that and then maybe we just, uh, you know, hold on. I actually have a business partner uh, for that business. He's actually the husband of one of our old agency clients. Uh, that's how we connected, but anyways. So anyways, the reason I say all this is because, um, you know, I think it is smart, you know, for me to spend six months a year in Dubai and then uh, I get still get to spend three months a year in London uh, and just pretty much, you know, as I said, either way, I only ever spend like five, six months a year in London anyways. Um, so, and, and London is at its best in like the three months between, I'd say probably May, July, uh, May, June, and August or, or June, uh, July, August. So, you know, it, it's not like I'm really missing out much anyways. Now, the final question comes, uh, do I regret it? And honestly, the answer is no. Like this moment I stepped into this, apartment and I just realized how like amazing the quality of life is uh, here in Dubai I don't think it's a better quality of life than for example Cape Town like for me just like being in nature and like like just it's just a bit more neat like to me that's like I, I just love that place so much I don't think it's as good a quality of life here in Dubai as like let's say maybe I don't know uh, maybe uh, another city like that you know I can't really think of any on top of, uh, you know that's all my head I'm thinking maybe like LA but like as we know California is kind of degenerating quite quickly but anyways in general where I am specifically and the way that I've got my life set up here, uh, it's a it's a great quality of life and it's very sort of conducive to work. You know, I've got um, my st you know, steam room sauna gym on the 75th floor and they're all amazing uh, amenities and like, you know, a great, great place. You know, I've got the beach right in front of me. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, here, if you want a massage, you know, they, everything is, they come to you, right? Everything is just done quick, easy. You know, as I said, I'm staying in a three, well, three bed plus maid. So technically four bedroom apartment. You know, I live in a four bedroom apartment on my own. In fact, actually my best friend just landed yesterday. He's staying with me for a couple of months, but you get the drift. You know, I'm staying in this apartment and you know, everything is just great here. Uh, you know, I'm in my own place, but then I have all the hotel amenities and everything's, you know, 24 hour room service, you know, uh, uh, linen sheets uh, changed and towels changed, you know, every single week and multiple times a week, if you even want. Um, you know, uh, my concierge on WhatsApp, you know, like uh, I was last night at a, a business dinner and uh, my best friend landed in London and I couldn't let him in. Like I was still stuck at this dinner. So my concierge just let him into the apartment for me. Like it's, and that's okay as well because everything's so safe here. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a great quality of life here. So I think even, you know, sort of taxes aside, um, taxes aside and also just like, 
you know, if it was pre all this craziness in the world going on, uh, I still think it's a great decision uh, to move here. But especially to take into consideration uh, taxes and future uh, sort of future tax savings because of let's say sale of a company or this or that. And also just the way that like, I like the way that Dubai is going. And by the way, don't get me wrong, Dubai has so many pitfalls. And it's funny when I moved here, a lot of people sent me that video, like uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Dubai is a 21st century parody of uh, something, something. And like some people, some, guys, I've, I've seen it. Like I've seen it. And of course, some of it holds merit and some of it holds true. Um, but I just think people need to kind of look at their country a little bit more. I think you need to take a look at your country and look at what your country is doing to its citizens. Uh, I think you need to look at your country and look at, is it going in the right direction? Um, you need to look at your country and go, are the morals and the values of the country degenerating? Because a lot of the people who sent me videos about Dubai from those, it's like, <laughs> like a lot of, you know, like, let's say, you know, you're American, you send me that video and you're like, oh, you know, it's so bad that like, you know, what they've done here in terms of like, you know, taking, you know, and I don't know how much of this is fully, fully true. And I, but I, I don't doubt it one second, you know, uh, the cheap labor. And that's one of the big reasons why we do this work in Nepal, for example, is because when you build schools in these communities, then a lot less people leave the community and there's more uh, prosperity there and they don't have to you know, go all the way to UAE and work in extremely difficult working conditions, uh, almost slave-like labor, you know, uh, because I said, there's more opportunity. So I see that, but I'm like, yeah, but in all fairness, uh, in America, they have a system where, you know, you'll get stopped for a gram of weed, well, depending on, on your skin color, <laughs> you'll get stopped for a gram, you know, two grams of weed, three grams of weed, uh, they'll throw you in jail for 15 years. And I said, I don't know the specific details, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a broad generalization here. They'll throw you in jail for 15 years, uh, and then they'll sell your labor. Uh, you don't make a, a, a dollar from it. They'll sell your labor uh, for what, two, three dollars to uh, some big brands. Explain to me how that's not any worse. Like, please explain to me, right? So I think a lot of people need to look at their own countries. Honestly, just take a look at their own countries. And I said, this is someone who comes from Russia. I know the problems in Russia you know, uh, but also grew up in uh, the UK. And I know the problems in the UK, um, but I will say the only part of me that regrets moving here or the only reason that I would ever possibly regret moving here is the UK. And I apologize because I know that my audience is 78% US and like I only have a very sliver in the, uh, you know, uh, I actually have a very small audience in the UK um, uh, comparatively to everyone, uh, to everywhere else. I apologize to sort of any patriots or anything like that of other countries. Like to me, and as I said, I know I will, I know I'm super biased because I was there for 17 years and I owe, I genuinely feel like I owe a lot to that country and I will always be, I'll always have so much love for that country and I will return to that country by the way. But to me, the UK is just, just the best. Like the, like not, and I'm not only talking about like the way that things are run there, um, uh, the tax system, the, the, the everything, right? I'm just talking about the people. Like the only thing that I hate and I feel almost feel like I've got my tail between my legs is you're just the other day, they were gonna do that. And I said, Tristan, you can bleep it out. Uh, they were gonna do the passports uh, starting from September 30th, uh, 30th for nightclubs. And they didn't announce you know, any craziness, like for example, what's going on in France. I mean, if you're, I, I just don't, if, if you're French or you're Australian, like I just don't understand how you can stay in that. Like surely you just do, I mean, Australia, they won't even let you leave anyways, but like surely you just gotta leave and just like, I, if I was French or Australian and someone asked me, where are you from? I, I, I would lie because I would be so ashamed of the country. And I know I'm going to get like, you know, tons of people from, from these countries that are going to unsubscribe and I'll, you know, look at the day this uploaded. I know my subscriber count will probably go down by hundreds because I probably piss people off with this. But like, it's true. Like, it's just, where are the people to stand up and say this isn't right? 
And I said, I was so convinced that, uh, and for good reason, that France, uh, this will go in the same direction as France, Israel, uh, uh, Italy with their green pass and, um, you know, Australia. Well, Australia hasn't actually done that, but it's just so tyrannical uh, the way it is there. But anyways, I was convinced that it was going to go in that direction and it hasn't, you know, and I'm like, so I think that's the only, that's the only part of me that is like, man, I just, I love London even more now. And by the way, you know, we'll see what happens in six months. You know, maybe things go super like tyrannical and it's like the worst, uh, you know, worst that we could ever imagine. But for right now, the UK is, London is probably the best place on earth to be right now. No masks, no passes, uh, no lockdowns, no restrictions, nothing. And like the last month that I was in London, like ah, there's just this energy to it. And it was just like the London that I love. Um, so anyways, that's, the only slightest bit of me that's like, ah, oh, man, like, I just, I love London even more now. And I love the UK and I, lo I love British people. Like, they just got such a good heart. And even while this entire process was going on, there were locked, uh, you know, there were protests with literally a million people. Um, although, you know, uh, if you ask the BBC, they'll say it was like, you know, 10,000, like, far right, Nazi, you know, anti this, the, yeah. And then you'll literally see like videos for like 15 minutes of like literally a million people walking down the street. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, even through this entire process, like I've, I've just been super proud of the UK. Um, and I guess that's the only part of me where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I kind of, kind of miss the UK. I just have even more love and respect for it now. So yeah, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is, um, feels like we covered a lot of stuff here. This is why I left the UK. Uh, this is why I moved to Dubai. This so is what I've done with my companies and kind of my residencies and this and that. Um, I've cut all ties to the UK, by the way. Don't have a house there, don't have an apartment there. Uh, about to shut down my bank accounts. Uh, don't even have a SIM plan anymore, or that'll be soon. Don't have any storage there, you know, all this stuff really just to make sure that, you know, there's, I'm fully, you know, I, I am very clearly uh, no longer a UK resident. Uh, so as I cut all my ties, so that's what I did there. This is uh, early impressions of Dubai. Uh, Dubai is a jungle and, you know, maybe I, would be willing, you know, maybe I'll, I'll tell you guys, uh, you know, three months in, I'll do a, a three months in, you know, do I regret moving to Dubai? Uh, but early days, it's, uh, I think this place can be heaven or living hell. And it depends what you get sucked into, the sore crowds you get sucked into, uh, and a lot of stuff. But I think if you have a good head over your shoulders here, uh, it's, it, it really can be paradise. So um, cover that and uh, all in all, that is the video pretty much wrapped up. Now the last thing that I wanna mention, as always down below, you can find the winner of the Gadget giveaway. And all you need to do to be in with winning a pair of blue light blockers is simply turn on your post notifications, like this video and leave a comment. And then in the next video, it'll be announced. So, so on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope this brought a little bit of clarity to you. And I'll catch you guys next time. Look, if you enjoyed that video, I went ahead and picked out another special video that I know you're going to find immensely valuable. You can find it right there. I know you're going to love it and I'll see you in the next one.